Whether it's talk about the state of hockey. Just conversing about the world of professional wrestling. Oh my god! You know what? You just made the list! Oh no! Oh, here we go. Or other pop culture phenomenon. Rob and Dave give you, the listener, their uncensored opinions on the High Sticks and Super Kicks podcast. The first period starts right now. folks waka waka <laughs> welcome to the next episode of the high sticks and super kicks podcast rob and dave here with you it's clobbering time tap that wrist they should bring cm punk back that would totally get the ratings back oh come on now you don't need ratings when you're number one yeah. when, there's <laughs> n- when there's no competition you could be the Z100 of wrestling. And wow. <laughs> and just be wacky and just do whatever you want. Wacky Dave. High Stick Super Kicks. HSSKpod.com for all your social media and podcasting needs. Welcome to, what is this, episode 35? 13. Hey, Riff, you suck. Yeah, there's some good ones. Get off your knees, Riff. Blowing the game. <laughs> Hey, ref, check your voicemail. You missed some calls. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it would have been better it's the if, dumb. if you put someone who actually took penalties in that commercial. I'm kind of here or not. No, you're not. You're not there a lot. You're David Pasternak. You score 40 fucking goals. You're not in the penalty box a lot. It is the dumbest commercial, but it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Hey, ref, check your phone. You missed a few calls. And why is the guy sitting in the penalty box with his computer? Like, how much, what, what perk does he win on season tickets to be able to sit in a penalty box with David Pasternak and apparently a Dunkin' Donuts? Yes, it, it's all about Dunkin' Donuts. But it, like, It's commercials like that that make fucking hockey look bad. Look like the hacky WCW David Arquette's. Good callback. Oh. Speaking of season tickets, dude, I got a voicemail from my rep. What's your rep's name this year? <laughs> no, it's the same guy. It's the white Bobby Brown. What was the pretty girl that we had? <laughs> oh, the ditz? Yeah, she was ditzy, but she was ditzy to look at. Dit- Did- ditzy? Ditzy and rhymes <laughs> with... <laughs> Blitzy. Blitzy? Yes. <laughs> Probably. I forget. There's been so many. I'm sure Tracy will let us know when she listens yeah, to this Yeah, she was pretty. <clears throat> I mean, she was good at her job. Why me did too. you? Why, why Hashtag did, me too. Why didn't you raise your eyebrows? I don't understand. <laughs> speaking of, speaking of, so I got a voicemail. That's from, not the only thing I got to raise. Huh? No, huh? Oh, no, wacky, wacky. wacky. <laughs> <laughs> we are so fucking gonna be the Christian morning show. 
955godlovesyou.com. Um, <clears throat> no, so I get a voicemail. Like I put it in my phone as, as the guy's name so I know it's calling. So I see it, so I just automatically hit decline. So it goes right to voicemail. Um, so he leaves a voice message. Have you ever gotten like calls where it's like, hi, you went to, and all of a sudden you quickly hear press one to, to you know, remove from this list. Like it goes really fast. So I've he, never had that, but. So he's leaving the message. You're going, hey, you know, I hope everything's okay. Uh, hope you're excited. He was the number one pick. And I'm sitting there and I'm listening to it because whatever, I'm just getting frustrated listening. To it. But he has to drop the, are you excited that Hughes is the number one pick? How the hell does he know? It's it's May. It like I, I think everybody knows. Like unless there's some unless Jack Hughes dies or rapes some girl somewhere, he's gonna be the first overall pick. Like they've been talking that he was gonna be the first overall pick two years ago when we took Nico, when he was like thirteen. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just you hear something like that. It's like, well, what what do you know? And yeah, I'm sure that the ticket rep is in on the draft meeting. <laughs> And look, because we don't have pictures of the offices, unless there's, you know, Hughes pictures all through the hallway. Oh, they definitely got like an email like, when you're talking to your clients, please make sure that A, they can hear your smile. <laughs> and B, make sure that they know we've got the first overall pick and they should be excited. And if they're really educated and have been season ticket holders for X amount of years, let them know that we know what we're talking about. Jack Hughes is going to be with the team. All right, thanks. That's the kind of bullshit that they... And they're... then I see when I look through Glassdoor, looking for devil season ticket reps. <laughs> well, maybe if you paid people more than like 30 grand before taxes to yeah, be a ticket rep. That's true. Oh, but you get to go to all the games. Yeah, I get no, to go no. to all the games and stand there and take pictures of fucking rubes who are just happy to be on the ice. True. True. You got to wear your three-piece suit to to get rejected for 99% of the time. Hey, do you want to upgrade your tickets? No. (laughs) Hey, excuse me. Why are you walking away from me? That's all you get all day long. Yeah. Anyway. Next week, we're going to end up talking about probably the top five choices. Obviously, according to the Devil's Ticket Rep, we're going to be looking at fucking Jack Hughes. But other than Jack Hughes, I'm going to go through the strengths and weaknesses and how it affects our team with the top five people in the draft. I'm not going to go through everything because we're not going to pick anybody that's ranked 23rd or go off the board. Unless, hey, unless we trade in, but whatever. We're not trading in. Stop. No, we're trading trading back into the first round after getting the number one pick. Would you give up a second and a second or whatever next year? Depending on a offer sheet, what have you, to jump back into the first round. Well, we have like what? I could tell you exactly what we have. <laughs> like twenty picks. No, in this this year's draft because I'm looking at it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we do have all that. Da, 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 da. Let me go back. Sorry. I think it's double digits. It's not as high, it's not as high as a few years ago, a couple years ago. But it's it's, it's definitely. I think us and the Rangers have double digit. Yeah, have the most uh, when it comes to draft picks. But uh, according to Spit and Chicklets, and this kind of ties into what we were talking about, we have this year a first, three second-round picks, two third-round picks. When do we draft in the second round? I, it, thought it, I thought it was number one. We have 
the first overall. In the second round, right? Our second round pick, we have our own second round pick. We, we have Boston's second round pick, so that's going to be later. Right. We have Nashville's, which would be in the middle of the second round. Then we have... Holy shit, we got three? I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. Then we have two third round picks, none of which are ours. And then our fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh. But but we still draft first in every round, right? Correct. So, so we would draft 32nd. Yeah. Uh, we won't be drafting, I guess it would be 64th. Drink math. Yeah, we won't be drinking. We won't be, <laughs> we'll be drinking. We, Here we go. <laughs> we won't be drafting 64th because we don't have our own third round. But, yeah, we would be drafting the top. As a pre- if you told me we could trade our second our second round pick yeah. and maybe Miles Wood to get a mid teen mm-hmm. first round pick. You do it. I would do it. Now, I would do it to get that kid that Hughes is playing. I was just going to ask Caulfield. you where 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 would that kid fall? He's not going to fall into the second round, even though people are saying, "Oh, he's too short." If he does, holy hell, someone's going to take him mid to late first round just because he can score if if he drops that low i would think shira's like well wait a minute (laughs) if he would address if he wouldn't be picked let's say he doesn't get picked till mid 20s if i'm shiro i pick up the phone and go look i'm gonna trade you my second round pick and, and somebody, yeah, and somebody off of our roster, like a Santini or something, because mm-hmm. you're not depend- just going to go pick for pick, right? For that pick, and and grab that kid quick, like as soon as that team before it says, "I'm picking this goalie," right? Pff, boom, Phone's so picking up, man. and then if you look at our roster, let's see, <clears throat> Nason is an RFA. He made one point seven last year. Nah, he ain't coming. Uh, he, I wouldn't. Oh, he's restricted. Yeah, no. he's restricted. Nah. Um. How did he sign for two years? I only thought he did one. He did last year, one point seven. He's twenty six years old. Uh, Zaka is twenty two years old. He's an RFA. He's coming off his entry level contract. He made eight hundred ninety thousand last year. He should make. If I'm offering him a legit. Show me contract. One point, one point five six. I'd give him one point four, with incentives to get up to two. Mm-hmm. Um, I think nowadays all your contracts are either going to be signing bonuses or incentive yeah. driven. Stafford's a UFA. <laughs> He's coming back on a one-year deal. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. He made last year eight hundred and ten thousand. Agostino <laughs> is a UFA. Curtis Gabriel is a UFA. And then Connor Carrick. I smell a lot of two ways. Two way contracts. Oh, I'm sorry. You know what? I'm reading that wrong. That's next year. Wait, two, 1920. Does that. That's this upcoming season. After this playoffs right, is over, right, it's right. 1920. All right. Um, Connor Carrick's an RFA. Butcher's an RFA. Uh, Yakovlov is an, a UFA. But uh, well, isn't he just going back to Russia? Yeah. Isn't that the. And Micro is an RFA. Man, we're going to be, we're, you know what? So, according to Spit and Chicklets. Is this a good segue? It is a good segue. Because it goes with what we were talking about. 
according to Spit and Chicklets, they were talking about uh, Paul Bissonette that the Devils should make an offer sheet. The Devils should be the team that sends an offer sheet because they have changed the compensation for offer sheets. And you wonder why you brought it, you brought that up before before we started recording this, and and I sit there and I go, okay, why? Why would you all of a sudden hear news of going we're changing compensation? Why? Because they want teams to do it. I think the league, deep down, is tired of salary cap constrictions or teams that are at the top of the salary cap mm-hmm. and have no wiggle room or can't put a full team on the ice like we did a couple of years ago. Um, but if you offer someone eight point anywhere between 8.5 and 10.5, last year it was four first-round picks. Which in this offseason, if you Marner is your big fish and you do this for it, I would give up four firsts for Marner. But they changed it, and now it is two first-round picks, one second-round pick, and one third-round pick. Now, when does that start? Is it that would, this with the season that you sign him or the next? It would be the next, next fine. that season. So it would be that, yeah, 20, 2021. 21. Uh, you know what? I'd do it. Yeah, of course. And I, you're, if, not, you're lowering the standard. You're, you're, you are really lowering the standard into our lap. Right. Into any lap of a team, especially ours, any team who has a boatload of money. Us, perhaps the Rangers. Who else is left? Ottawa? Yeah. But here's, and what he said is the Devils, it's a win-win for them. If they turn around and offer Marner $10.5 million, which is what he wants. Okay. That would be two for, and, and Toronto does not accept that would be two first round picks a first round i mean a second round pick and a third round pick all of which the devils could afford yes right so if the devils were to do that and toronto were to walk away from marner that would give the devils a top line of marner heisher hall a second line of palmary palmary hughes. hughes and brett Okay, so that would be a, your good two lines. He goes, best case scenario, you're getting Nico's on a, a what's it called, at least till the end of this season. He's still on his entry level. Mm-hmm. Now, whatever you want to discuss what he's going to make. And then you're going to have Hall. Hall is probably going to look for $10 million too. Now, here's the issue. You have Marner making 10 and a half, and you have Hall making 10 and a half. That's a lot of money, but then if you think about it, that's a quarter of, of a of a almost a quarter of your salary cap, right? If you think about it, so at the end of next season, which is the twenty twenty one season, Travis Ajak comes off your books. At the end of next season, nineteen twenty, Andy Green comes off your books. That's what. That's ten, that's, over that's ten right there. Ten right? and a half right there. Okay. Um, and. Sammy Votnin comes off of your books at 4.8. So that's a lot, a lot of money that we could be playing with where it would still be available for Hall and Heischer mm-hmm. to make. So 
I don't know. Is it worth it? You ask me. It yes, it gives us a high scoring punch, one two, but it doesn't fix our problem. It 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 gives us the extra offensive potential. But like you said, the, the the back end is where you need to concentrate on the rest of your off season. Someone has to pass those guys the puck to get them out of our defensive zone, and right now we don't have it. So it's. But then again, if Hall decides to leave and go somewhere else, you still have, you still have Hughes, uh, Hughes, Palmieri, Heischer, Brat, and you hope that somebody like Boquist or who's the other guy I'm thinking of right now. That we're excited to come. I don't know. I'll remember it later. But yeah, to, to to fill those holes up with with, with the kids. Yeah. But then I, I still. I want that blend. I want that blend of vets and kids, so it's not totally like, you know, you have your two lines of superstars, and the rest is just, you know, we grabbed them into a bag and threw it in a lineup and go here you go. I, I don't. I don't want that. I want continuity. I want stability. In, in, in the top, you know, top 12. Right, but the top 12, you're always going to have your Jay Pandolfos. You know, there's there not everybody, and it reminds me of a great story I heard that Lamarillo told Danico, where Danico, this has got to be the first four or five years that he was in the league. And Danico's like, I'm not seeing any power play time. I'm not seeing, you know, big minutes, you know, and Lamarillo said, look, you have to think of this team like a band. You have a drummer, you have a bass player, you have a guitar player, you have a lead singer. Right. You're a drummer. He goes, now, if you think you're a lead guitar player or a singer, I'm going to trade you to a team that thinks that you're that, but you're not going to win because you're not a fucking lead guitar player, Kenny Danico. You are a drummer. And, but if you think you are, I'll trade you somewhere where you're going to go and get those minutes. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to be part of the team that makes the band right. run. And that's that's the whole thing right now. You know, like, we're always, we're always going to need those drummers, those third and fourth line guys that can kill penalties, that are energy guys, that are going to fight and and I get all that. I just want that I want that mesh. I just I just don't want to look at a lineup and go, here's your two top lines, and then there's the rest and going between lines three, four, and all your defensive pairings. You know you know what I mean? Like I mean, I, I mean we could talk about this at the end of the summer mm-hmm. when training camp comes in and who's gonna be there and who's not based on what we draft and what we trade. I just think that <laughs> this this off season mirrors what we did two years ago, where there was picks there's some cash, and then we ended up going to the playoffs. I, I just feel like there's that symmetry again this year. I, I, I mean, let's just say that we don't go after like a Marner or, mm-hmm. or even Eberly or something like that, that we go in with what we have right now. A healthy what we have right now? A healthy, now. right. Mm-hmm. Obviously everybody healthy. You're going to have Hall Heischer. Palmieri. Palmieri. Hughes. Brat, and maybe Boquist, maybe Zaka, they move him to wing. Then you're going to have Travis Ajak, Blake Coleman. Wood. And Wood. Those are your top three lines. And then your fourth line, you could always throw your... Kids. 
Throw the kids in. Your your Brett Senny who played a bunch, your Nathan Bastions, mm. your McLeods, your John Quinvilles, which I think is pointless bringing him up to play fourth line. Your Joey Andersons, where these guys are going to be your your glue yeah. muckers. That's the way it's going to be. I mean, we, I'm looking at this. I'm looking at Cap Friendly. We're still paying Kovalchuk for the next. Uh, That's what, two mil? It's no, it's two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That's 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 a two way contract right there till twenty twenty four. Hey, look, but, the Mets are still paying Bobby Bonilla a million dollars every July. What? <laughs> Happy Bobby Bonilla Day. So, huh. I mean, at this moment, the Devils have about fifteen million dollars in cap space. And that's probably, well, that's probably one good player. I'm sorry. I'm way off. Oh. The Devils have $32 million in cap space. Okay. So that's, all right. So let's just say that's With, one That's one really good player and a couple good role players and everybody's upgrades. Right? But, yep. But Deve, uh, Devontae Smith-Belly comes off our books this year. <laughs> He's still on our books? Oh, that's right. Cause we, 225. We're still paying Mike Camilleri for oh next year and the year after. Oh, my God. 1.6. Well, hey, you know what? We wouldn't be where we are now if we didn't get rid of the baggage that wasn't going to help us. Or yeah. it was just going to collect stats with a team that wasn't going anywhere. And Taylor so. Hall made $6 million. So he's probably going to look for, I would say, a three and a half to $4.5 million raise on top of that. We'll figure it out come July. The Waka Waka. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of Taylor Hall, yeah. So, keeping with our little off-season-ish kind of crease to crease stuff, um, big to the Devils' lore, I guess. Not to really much anyone else. Do you put any stock into the fact that they kept pushing the whole, "Hey, look, the owners of the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers, who also own the Devils, decided to take John Hines and and Taylor Hall to a, a, a Sixers Raptors game." In Philadelphia, like, was there any... Yeah, but, like, Mitch Marner was there, and P.K. Subban was there, too. They were all there. On behalf of them? or uh, just They were sim- just at the game, sitting courtside as well. So maybe Taylor just did a little tiptoe, hey, uh, why don't you go talk to to Mitch? And... <laughs> my, it's not my... tampering, you're just friends. Yeah, just much like Hughes and Hall are, are right. I, I mean, do you put any like stock into that kind of thing? Like, I think Taylor Hall appreciates being appreciated. Whether it's Hines taking or Shiro, as we heard, taking him out to dinner mm-hmm. and sitting there and talking and being blunt, or Hines being blunt in news, you know, saying that Hall wasn't playing his best. Right. I think he appreciates the weight of the team on him and the fact that everybody that is making decisions from the top on down go to him and say like you're the guy right and okay? we, you're we, our we guy. want to make you the guy we want to make you the guy but if you don't want to be our guy you, let you us don't want to be our lead singer you let us know we'll send you to fucking journey and you could be their lead singer asia, asia. super band <laughs> The heat of the moment. Oh, boy. I'd, I'd rather hear your Gary Bettman impression. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, the Canucks are up. 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just saw those social media posts, and I'm like... I saw it all over there. It's, it, hey, look. It, it could be worse. He we, could not we, be talking we, to we, anybody. Yeah, that, that's true. He could be hanging out in, you know, mm-hmm. Dallas. Yeah. Right. Anywhere anywhere but here. Yeah, again. Also, um, just from a you know fantasy standpoint, uh, Canucks have made a decision not to qualify Derek Pouliot's contract. He'll be a UFA. He'll be 25, left-handed defenseman, a Shiro Penguins history. Would you think taking a flyer on him? No. Or just because he's an ex-Vancouver Canuck, it's... Mm. No, I don't think it's that. I mean, I think it's more along the lines of that... It's not an upgrade over what we have? Yeah. Mm. Like, you're, who, you, who are you going to take out of our lineup right now? Not that I'm saying our defense is fucking awesome. Oh, you're not going to take Green. You're not going to take Severson. You're not going to take Vatanen. Mm-hmm. So you have three left. You're not going to take Ty Smith. You're not going to take left. Ty Smith. You're not going to take... Butcher. Connor Carrick, if you resign him. Mm-hmm. You're not taking Butcher out. You know, the only thing I would, maybe if you do it for depth, you mm-hmm. sign him to a one-year deal, mm-hmm. a show me, and then you don't sign uh, Mike Romueller. Mm-hmm. I mean, he can't be worse than fucking Mike Romueller. So. Oh, he had flashes until he, yeah. the lightning bolted then into he, the fucking yeah. boards. <laughs> then he saw flashes of light as his head. He saw the light. Yeah, thought he was dead. I thought he was dead. I remember texting you. I remember that text. I go, I think he's dead. <laughs> this man here is dead. Or, <laughs> we'll cross him off then. Or like in history of the world, <laughs> he's a unit. He's a unit. He's dead. <laughs> Bring out your dead. I'm not quite dead yet. All right, on to NHL news. The uh, Pagula family, who also owns the Buffalo NFL's Buffalo Bills. And the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, parted ways with the NWHL, the Women's League, the Buffalo Buttes, who are now v- being run by the league. So that's two weeks in a row where negativity is being thrown in the women's league in general. First, they want to strike because they're not being paid the same, or there's not enough funds to progress the league. the league. And now you have ownership saying, I'd like to wash my hands of it, league, back to you. Yeah. I mean, or maybe they're on the side of the women and they're just saying, we're going to put up a stand. If you're not going to pay these women or the league isn't going to help, then we're going to walk away. And now you have to find someone else to run this team because they've, the Pagulas were big supporters and Buffalo loves their hockey, mm-hmm. but they were big supporters like treating that team like an NHL team and now they're walking away from it like well if they're you know the league the NHL doesn't give a shit about them why should we and if that's the case I'm I'm with them too it's mm-hmm. a the unfortunate part is that now you have a, a team of of ladies who are now looking going what what now like yeah. every, is everybody and I'm sure it's going to spread throughout the league is what is everybody giving up on us already I don't know if they have women's leagues in Europe. I'm assuming they do. I mean, they have women's basketball leagues and shit there. So maybe they just all go to Europe. Speaking of going to Europe, (laughs) Edmonton Oilers decided to give Mr. Ken Holland, formerly the GM of the Detroit Red Wings, five years, $25 million to resurrect their team from the tombs of death. Why do you think he took it? Other than the money. Other than the money? 
The uh, same reason we would do fucking wacky morning wacky radio. Wacky morning radio, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe he just he's doing it to prove that he can do it. I mean, uh, one of the knocks against Ken Holland he had was a cushy job, that right? everybody always said, "Well, you inherited Steve Eisenman and Sergey Fedorov and all these other guys, and you won your cups." Well, now he's he goes, "Well, yeah, let me maybe he's doing a let me show you." Mm-hmm. Yeah, you still have Connor McDavid, so let's not talk about like he's you know building Seattle from the ground up. You have pieces. He has he has pieces. I'm interested to see what he can do, considering that team is up against that fucking cap for a long time. He's he, and he's been from what I've read, he's been given full autonomy. So and you, and they fired what's his name, Hitchcock. Hitchcock. Well, they relieved him of his duties. Duties. But the problem is, didn't wasn't Hitchcock just signed for like the rest of the season? Yeah, like, yeah and he he. From what I heard is he didn't want to finish the season. Yeah, so it, they didn't let him go, and he didn't get fired. It's, and made, I'm sure they didn't part ways. It I'm sure just, he made a nice half a million to a million just for... Of course. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure You know, he picked up the phone and goes, Hey, Hitch? No, right? And Hitch is like, mm, probably. And they hung up. That was it. Yep. But the, uh, the big thing was, did you see Daryl Cates, the guy who owns... I, I made the joke that he looks like the aliens guy from the History Channel. Like, oh, aliens. And then I read that he's going through some illness shit. Yeah, he's got like <laughs> a deadly sinus infection that he's had multiple surgeries with. But he looked like in Philadelphia, the movie Philadelphia, when Tom Hanks is uh-huh. trying to cover up the lesions. Yeah. And he's like, he's got the, oh, it's Tahitian tan. Like, he looked horrible, and he was, like, leaning all over, like, on the mic. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, obviously you always want to get the funny joke and get the ha-has, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, really? Well, I mean, oh, he's, he's ill. <laughs> you want to take that back? You got to have to have a warped sense of humor to enjoy it, though. Yes, but what do you think of the hire of the Edmonton Oilers getting Ken Holland? I don't in? think a lot of people were jumping to take that fucking job. I don't think so either, considering the, the history. They they needed, in order to keep their fan base from rioting, which Canadian which, cities which, have been known to do. Which they're already doing, the fact that they hired Ken Holland. Like, you, needed, you needed to bring someone in with an established past. You couldn't go back to the, the Oilers' good old boy network. You couldn't go back to Gretzky, <clears throat> either of them. You you had to you had to bring somebody from the outside in. Now, the real thing is is one who's going to be their coach. That's yeah. problem number one. Problem number two is if I'm Ken Holland, the first thing I do day one, which was a week ago or two, uh, three or four days ago, is I go get me Connor McDavid on the phone and let me ask him what he wants. What kind of coach do you want me to bring in? A hard ass that's going to whip this team into shape, like a, you know, a Brian Burke. Or do you want me to to bring in a young guy, who's going to let you, you know, roll and wheel? What What do they need? I mean, they I know they need, need a, a lot, ass. but what, they need what? a hard ass coach. So, I don't even know who that would be. But they need a hard ass coach. Would you like Alan Nazardine? Hmm, Elaine, <clears throat> sure, Whatever. please give him I'm that not, opportunity. I'm not Canadian or French, so it's Alan. 
It's not Elaine Thick. <laughs> Speaking of coaches. Oh, yes. The Philadelphia Flyers decided to hire two more head coaches. I mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They've uh, literally hired two guys that were head coaches. Yes. So Elaine Vigneault now looks over both shoulders and sees Michelle Tyrion and Mike Yao as his assistant coaches. So just in case if he fails in week one, he's got his replacement sitting behind him. He definitely is going to. I don't think he's going to fail because he's a good coach and he's won he everywhere is, yes. he's gone. I just don't know if the Philadelphia fans are going to like his, how do I word this, pussyfooting kind of playing. You know, their their mascots gritty and Elaine Vigneault teams are not what you would consider gritty, gritty mm. or gritte. <laughs> <laughs> I just... Michelle Terrian, fine. Mike Yao, fine. Maybe it's just different environments. Maybe it's just a different mindset. Maybe it's the fact that these guys are not going to be in the head role so they can concentrate on something. I don't know. I, I, I mean, it's always nice to have super experienced guys that have been head coaches to have, you know, two sets of eyes, fresh mm-hmm. sets of eyes. I mean, Mike Yao's one, right? I mean. But Michelle Terrian is one. He was so... the Penguins guy. So, I who is apparently a fucking huge asshole if you listen to podcasts. So, I mean, and he was relatively decent in Montreal. Mike Yo had a rough time in Minnesota. In Minnesota, but St. St. Louis, Louis. He started out hot, ended bad, like well, most. But look, I'm not losing any sleep at the fucking Flyers hit no, the hit the right wall. Now. No, because right now they're in a retool mode, so. I mean, hey, then again, the fuck we 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 called the Islanders and, and the um, and the Carolina Hurricanes, you know, like the the bottom scrapers of the league, and look where they're fucking at right now. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, signed undrafted forward Ilya Mikheyev to a one-year entry-level contract deal. I think it's Mikheyev. Mikheyev. Ilya number two. Whatever. Why do we put this on the list? Well. Apparently, he had some reservations about the potential of having Mike Babcock as his head coach. But from what I heard is that Babcock, like, took the time to call this guy during the season to be like, hey, you know, how's everything going with your season? Like, to kind of let him know that, like, I'm not as as big as asshole as everybody thinks I am, Mm -hmm. especially our star player. So, he thinks I'm an asshole. So they had Pavel Dots Daksuk decide to speak on ba- Mike Babcock's behalf as well to convince him to sign this one-year deal. Uh, exactly, it's one year. What's the worst that'll happen? He may he's probably making. I mean, I could obviously look it up, but he's probably making somewhere around one and a half. A lot of vodka. Right, and then he's going to go to back to Russia mm-hmm. or he's going to make a name for himself and go somewhere where he makes a lot more I make, vodka. I make big money. I'm Bonnie. Let's see. I'll tell you exactly how much he's making. He's not on the uh, of course list not. yet. I'm sure he's making six figures mid, mid to mid high. Oh, there it is. He's making nine twenty-five. Nine. What? That's a lot of vodka. Nine hundred and twenty-five grand. Bring me your women. Are there are there women in in Toronto? Mm, yeah. <laughs> Make money. I give you fuck. Fuck. 
Ah, uh, that's the best Russian line I've ever heard. Just Speaking of fuck, fuck. Fuck, <laughs> fuck. Speaking of rich fucks. Yeah, these bunch of rich jerks. Carolina Hurricanes. Let's just put aside the fact that they're in the Eastern Conference Finals against uh, Boston, which we will get to. Some I read somewhere, one of the podcasts, that when the Hurricanes, I mean, they haven't been in the playoffs in 10 years, but when they make the playoffs, yes. it's either Eastern Conference, Stanley Cup, or they don't make the playoffs at all. All or nothing, huh? Yep. They said that, like, oh, they made the Eastern Conference Finals in two thousand, one of the 2000s. I was like, didn't the Devils play them in the first round? That's when Stevens fucking made Shane Willis's head, like, explode and, huh? and stuff. But I, I didn't think that was the Eastern Conference Finals. But then again, we were good, and, like, I knew what we were going to fucking run through the first two rounds. So apparently the, the Canes had sold 500000 in new ticket businesses for the fall a year ago at this time they sold five hundred thousand dollars in new season tickets this year they have sold new business this is new business new season ticket holders 3.6 mil (laughs) yeah but just like i always say let's let's see on a tuesday night game (laughs) against the fucking (laughs) you know the other shittiest team in the league right the islanders if that $3.6 million worth of new business people Shows up. are there. I think they're just going for the hand claps. That's okay. They're a bunch of jerks. They are a bunch of jerks. Nah, they're a bunch of rich jerks. And now what's his name? Calvin DeHaan can go in the mountains and... and yeah, and Dougie and Hamilton can sure. pat <laughs> people on the head. <laughs> so we'll do playoff news. Now, um, Islanders swept the pens for nothing. They faced the uh, Carolina Hurricanes, and boom, they got swept... <laughs> they said it's happened five times since 2000 where you a team that sweeps gets plays up. a team that played seven games and loses to the team that had seven games. Because <sighs> the same thing happened. I mean, Columbus <clears throat> swept, mm-hmm. and then they played Boston, mm-hmm. and they lost. I mean, you look at the Isles, right? Isle, both teams, uh, the Hurricanes and the Islanders. Look, they both won their Stanley Cups this year. Nobody, yeah. nobody picked. No, come on, it, it, no. nobody picked them. Nobody, nobody. We didn't even pick them, and we're high up there on that list. <clears throat> nobody of, play, of people that you trust. Nobody. Playoffs. Playoffs. Uh, Boston defeats Columbus, like you had just said. That was a good. That was a good <clears throat> series. Um, did you hear what what um, Yaro Kikalainen, their GM, said? When they asked him about, well, what do you think about Panarin and mm-hmm. Bobrovsky and, and now? And he basically was like, if they don't want to be here, they don't have to stay. I, I've done everything I can. I've offered them their contracts. Which they didn't want to be here. It's in their hands now. Which I'm sure he'll offer them. Maybe an, an uptick more. because a, a little bit more. But I don't think they're staying. No. There's a nice sunny place to go to right now. Yep. With, that has a new head coach. Yeah, that one of them has played with previously. Yeah, so so now we have Boston versus Carolina Bruins playing the Hartford Whalers, Carolina Hurricanes. I I want the Hurricanes to win. Ugh. I I just do. It's a good story. So you want the NHL to have the lowest ratings for Stanley Cup Final? Does it matter in the point? history of they, they probably already do considering all the number ones and whatever's they're, they're gone. I would rather watch Roseanne Barr have sex than the Carolina Hurricanes in the fucking playoffs. 
like, Roseanne if, like if you turn around and you said, you're Stanley Cup Finals, uh, ladies and gentlemen, or we're going to have the Carolina Hurricanes and Roseanne the St. Louis Blues, you might as well just shoot your fucking TV. Like, no offense to either of those teams. I, I The people who, I, I'm joking. Obviously, I would watch it regardless because I'm a fucking hockey fan. Yes. I'm Gary Batman's wet dream. But it's, it, if you're trying Aria. to sell, especially since those games are all going to be on primetime NBC, not NBC, CSN, or whatever the fuck it is, okay? That is not the series the league wants. No. no they you, want. Right now, you want Boston. And, and San Jose. And San Jose right now, the two oddest teams, sure. And if you look at it, is every team, does every team in the conference finals have a former devil on it? Okay, so um, San Jose doesn't. Yeah, they have Except a head coach. They have, they have Pete DeBoer. They have Pete DeBoer. Um, Carolina doesn't. Carolina doesn't. Boston does. In um, St. Louis does has Pat Maroon. Pat Maroon. Yep. So there's only one team. God damn it. Although we could stretch and go, who's you know, <laughs> who who was in the system at one point and left and whatever. But yeah, but I mean, I wish with that Marcus Johansson deal, we made a fucking deal like. You give us a second round pick, but if you make Wait, it to the finals, it's a first, it's a first round. round. But that would have been nice, I know. But speaking of uh, the Boston Bruins, <laughs> big turning point, TSN turning point of the game against Columbus was the Charlie McAvoy coming across all of Scott Stevens like, and just. Shoulder and shoulder, and, knees and toes. Yeah, Josh Anderson, and I saw it, and I was texting my friends from Massachusetts, and I was like, "That's a five. I was like, "It it has to be a five. It was head contact. He came out of his way to make that contact. It wasn't like Anderson was coming down the boards and he kind of just stepped in like Chara, like because Chara is so much bigger than everybody. He came out of his way to do it. I don't think he did it maliciously but the fact of the matter is it was a headshot and and the league got him for a game and the league got him for a game but he only got two minutes on the ice and it, do you think that's why the league stepped in and said you're getting suspended because it wasn't a five minute i think it was more of the refs being the, scared the refs yeah i think it was the refs being scared because they saw how much shit that san jose joe pavelski call cost those refs those refs aren't wrestling in the playoffs anymore they're losing out on probably thousands of dollars really yeah those refs that ref that vegas san jose game Uh that made the call that it was a five minute major and then san jose went on to score four power play goals and whatever that we talked about last week those refs are out they're done like they're not part of the playoffs wow because of a bad call because of a bad call and now you have to think if i'm refing and this is kind of why i wrote this whole show for refs you suck um you kind of have to think like they probably like i don't want to give this guy a five at the time the game was one nothing boston it was about 20 seconds left to go right in in the second period it, it could have been a real difference maker on not just for the power play but not having charlie mcavoy who's arguably one of their best defensemen mm-hmm. on the ice if i'm columbus I'm a little pissed. I'm a little pissed that it got that far. Like, it shouldn't have happened. But 
the 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 thing that makes hockey better than every other fucking sport out there mm-hmm. is at the end of the game they do the handshake line. Yes. And Charlie McAvoy and Josh Anderson, and you could you can you can read Charlie McAvoy's lips saying like I'm sorry I didn't mean to hit you in the head, and you could see Josh Anderson basically like, hey man it's just a part of the game it happens. That's what makes this game great. Like, I'm sure Josh Anderson's pissed. His season's over. Mm -hmm. He he could have been a power play difference maker, blah, blah, blah. But the fact that at the end of these guys fucking just hate each other for seven games and that handshake, you don't see bitterness. No. Except in the Boston Hurricane one. Yes. No, I'm sorry. The Canes Islanders. There was a a, a missed handshake, was there not? No, no. It was in one of the games... I want to say it was Brock Nelson scored a goal. And as he scored the goal and like his momentum was taking him past Curtis McElhaney, the Canes goalie, he gave him like a little attaboy on the head Mm -hmm. and like everybody saw it when they were shaking hands at the end after they swept the Islanders fucking Mr. Personality, Dougie Hamilton skated by shook fucking Brock Nelson's hand and patted him on the head. And, like, you could see Brock Nelson, like, he turned and, like, like what the fuck was that? And then, like, it, like. Then he really clearly went off because, oh, shit. <coughs> well, didn't, wasn't there, I mean, not this year, but, like, in past, right? Handshake line and two two players that just fucking hate each other, pass each other, and don't even shake hands, don't even pass. Well, that even... was Brodeur and <coughs> Avery. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple <laughs> of years ago, it was Milan Lukchik and somebody on Montreal. And. I think it was Dale Weiss and Milan Lucic while shaking hands, like shook the guy's hand and said, like, I'm going to fucking kill you next year. And then like turned around and was looking like, I'm going to fucking kill you. Maybe we'll put, I'll put it up on our Twitter so you can see. So leading into, so that story leads into our whole premise of this show of why do the refs suck? Why do they blow? Anything that you'd like to say about the refs not doing their best. Now, <laughs> I'm going to make a disclaimer. Sure. Okay. Being, I, I've refed two games in my life. <laughs> two. Okay. And it's because one time a ref didn't show up and another time uh, a team, I was coaching and a team was like, we don't have any refs. Will you ref for 250 bucks? Okay. <laughs> yes, yes, sir. <laughs> All right. If you say so. So I ref the games. It is really, really hard to see everything. Fine. Okay. It's you're, you're trying to watch the play and the puck is going, especially if there's one ref. The NHL is a little different. They have two. But one ref, I'm trying to watch where the puck is. I can't really see what's going on. That's really outside behind per- the play. Per- per- so am I watching you fuck around with somebody? And slash and shit talk. Now I'm missing the play here that was just offsides. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of thing. It, it, it's tough. I, I do not envy, envy mm-hmm. people who are refs. On the other side, this is your fucking job. So you better do everything that you can to get the call right. Much like when uh, when at the games, uh, you see that commercial right before the uh, beginning of the game, ref saying, you know, you know, I I need your help to see the to see the you know the, the the real plays out in the stands and call this number and you're sitting there going 
you may need our help outside when bad things are happening, but you should really concentrate yeah. on what's on that ice. But yeah, I, and so it kind of also speaks to more of the things that should be done via instant replay in a small amount of time. It shouldn't be long. It's whatever. But if you need help, you need help. Whatever. But if there are obvious things that are being missed, like the Charlie McAvoy hit, or right. like the Pavelski hit, where it goes either way, where it's just the wrong decision. And and to their de- again, also to their defense, you're talking yeah. about guys that are going 20 miles an hour. Yep. They don't have the luxury of slow-mo, multiple-angle instant replays that yes. we have sitting at home going, oh, how could they not call that a heat? I, I said that McAvoy chicken-winged them. So he kept his arm tucked, but as he followed through, mm-hmm. popped up. Yep. I'm not saying he hit him with the elbow, but he hit him with between the, the shoulder and the elbow. Yeah. Where it's kind of ugh, like, mm-hmm. and I mean, having coached, and I've coached kids that are well over six foot and stuff, where they're hitting a guy that's five foot. At placement. And, yeah. and their arms are down and everything's legal, but the five foot guy's head, yes. right, is hitting his elbow and they're calling elbow. You can't squat to. to avoid a, a hit like that right? and arguing with refs is never going to work i've never had a ref turn around and go you're right i'm going to change that call <laughs> whether i was playing or coaching when when it, sh- it shouldn't be the coach's thing you can reference it and going hey why don't you talk to the other four guys who maybe would have seen it right i'm gonna go with that i can go with that but but yes so why is it hard for refs to be consistent well with goalie interference calls it's tough you you need you need some kind of replay for that, and it needs to be quick replay. It can't be. There should be somebody's job in Toronto. Yeah. That just watches you know, even at goalie the, interference calls. Even at the arena, boom, right there, watching that, watching the replay right there. Yeah, but again, that could all just be. It, it's somebody's job to watch strictly goalie interference calls. That's Fine. it, because there are times when the goalies are legitimately interfered with and could not make the save. We saw that in Game Seven in Boston and Columbus, where the guy had bumped into Bobrovsky. He, he, there was no way he could turn his body and get back into the play. That's goalie interference. But then there's another time where I'm standing in front of the crease outside of the blue paint, and the shot is coming, and the goalie moves forward and bumps into me, and then he falls down and tries to sell it like he's taking a fucking bump in wrestling. That is... That's not goalie interference. You bumped into me. Mm-hmm. I didn't stop you from making. But it's all how a ref sees it. Right. And 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 again, if there's any question, legit questioning, it's not one of those. I mean, obviously, you know, goal scored, coaches looking at their iPads, instantly trying to figure out, trying to get a word from up top saying, yes, it is. Yet, no, it's not. Eh, maybe, whatever. It needs to be in, in, in a quick spot. There are certain, like we said, certain things that need to be watched. Offsides, sure, that's a coach's thing. Goalie interference, yes. And like you said, guys should be there to, to look at that. I mean, I don't know what else. Penalty, like major penalties, like major penalties, like a Pavelski, like the Charlie McAvoy hits. I'd say yes, but it, again, needs to be instant. There needs to be, like huge hits like that need to be. Or like, like I have written down here, maybe there should be a fucking review flag, like in football. Like in football, yeah. You know what? Like maybe the Vegas throws that fucking review flag and gets it overturned and to... goes ref. You got to watch this. If you're going to make that call, watch this first. And if yeah. you still have it, fine, fine. Yeah. But if not, then 
you know that's the that's the call that's the call and and i can i can hear the screams from traditionalists um you know all around saying oh but hockey wasn't like that look hockey today was not hockey five years ago no, wasn't no, 10 years no. ago there was no helmets so there was a there was a higher level of respect there was the speed the sticks the pucks the the you know the boards all of that stuff everything has changed to the point now that you have to evolve with the game yes and if L- little little I, things to I, I would agree with reviewing more stuff but there has to be a limit and there has uh, to be absolutely. a risk reward yes for it so like if you're going to give the ref i mean if you're going to give the coach like a review flag mm-hmm. to throw on the ice it it can only be for certain things. So, like, if a ref calls a major penalty... Yes. And they look down and they go, all right, our guy high-sticked him. You know, like, was it as bad as it's show that mm-hmm. this guy's acting it to be? No, but it's still a high-stick. Or it's his own somebody on their team, yeah, or it was a mistake or something like mm-hmm. that. <clears throat> there has to be a risk-reward. I don't know what it is. Is it, you know, you throw the flag, and if you lose that call, now it's a five-on-three? It, it it it's it's a cause and effect what you're what you can challenge for and the severity of it is what your penalty for losing it is or do you just lose your timeout you can probably start with losing a timeout you can you know you, we can review these three extra things right and you lose your timeout if it gets to a point where they have a full season of it and they go mm, okay maybe you, you abuse it a little bit too much let's let's throw something on top of it you know, depending on, on what the results are. If it's really in the, in the red saying, oh, you know, the guy wasn't even near him and you're throwing a red flag, well, guess what? Now the penalty for it is going up because you're, of your stupidity. One guy ruins it for the rest, I guess. Uh, you also mentioned here, should players or coaches accept what, uh, just accept that the refs are human and going to make mistakes? You have a yes and no. Well, I mean, no, because they're, they're, the, they're paid for this. Like, it's their, it's your job. Yes, you are human. You're going to make mistakes, but like, there's certain jobs, and I'm not saying a ref is on level with these, but like, I don't want my lawyer <laughs> to, to make mistakes. I don't want my doctor, sure, to make mistakes. Right. You're, you're being paid a significant amount of money to make these calls. Very true. So, get it right. You know, ref shouldn't influence the game. And I've coached games where I've screamed and yelled at refs for getting themselves involved in the game. Like, you didn't have to make that call. That, that, that play in overtime or in the third period or whatever didn't lead to anything. But you're making this call because, oh, well, that's in the rule book. What about all the other fucking calls that are in the rule book that you didn't make? You know, like, because the puck hit this, and I'm using a specific one, we were play, I, I was coaching a game. It, we were in overtime to a team that was ranked higher above us and the winner got to move on to the playoffs. I mean, to the next round in the States. The puck went off of our goalie and it was in the air. My defenseman, it hit him in the chest. So when the puck hit him in the chest, as it hit him in the chest and bounced off of him, he turned and swatted it with his hand and it went to the other team. Okay. He just basically was clearing the rebound Okay. Off of off himself, himself and out of danger. The ref called delay a game that he closed his hand on the puck and threw it. 
they end up scoring on the power play in overtime and we lose the game. And I go to the ref, I said, how do you make that call? I was like, the, first of all, he made the call from the blue line, not the goalie, not the ref on the goal line. And he goes, well, that's part of the game. He closed his hand on the puck. I was like, how could you see that he closed his hand on the puck if you're standing on the blue line in front of the bench and, there's a guy and his back to is to you? Ah, back is to you. Yeah, how do you? And he goes, well, that's just the way I saw it. And I was like, but that's the guy. And I like, I was scre- like, that's, I was like, look, it's over. I, you're not, and I said to him, I was like, you're not going to reverse the call. We're not going to bring the fucking guys back on the ice to play. I was like, but just admit that you, you blew that fucking call. And he's like, I don't like your language. I was like, I don't like the fact that you can't admit that you were fucking wrong. <laughs> yeah. To the point that the other coach who was my coach when I was younger, when, like when I first started playing, he was like, Dave, he's not, he's not going to change his mind. He goes, we won the game, and I hate this guy. He goes, because you're, this game shouldn't have ended on this a bullshit this yeah. way. Yeah. And then the other ref, that ref started yelling at him. He's like, what the fuck? He goes, just admit to the guy that you didn't make the call, that you thought he turned and threw the puck, and you didn't see it. He goes, I didn't see it. He goes, and I'm standing right by where you were. Yeah. When, when you, in any sport, as, as a referee, when you make it about you, which right, just admit do. that you were wrong. Yes. That's all. That's all I like. Whenever I coach, or even when I play, as I want the ref to explain to me, just explain. Just tell me why you made that call. Like if you said, "Oh man, I was going to call that hook on them," but you know, you stopped moving your feet or or whatever. Gotcha. Now I understand what your view right. was. But if you just turn around and go like, "Oh, I made that call," that's a dick move. Or it's 11:15 in a men's league game and you want to go home so you're not fucking calling anything and I'm getting raped in prison in front of the net. Would and you would you accept that as an answer? <laughs> I've I've had refs and look, I'm not a good person. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> okay? There was a ref, he was cross-eyed and I asked him which eye saw that fucking call. <laughs> like there it's it's just there are times that it's 11, like if it's 11 o'clock and you don't want to be here, don't take this game. Sure. Don't. You have, you have your, you have the fact that you are a goalie. I mean, you're a referee. And there's also a fact that you are, this is a job. This is not yeah. like a, you're just you're doing getting this paid you to have, do this. Yeah. So it's not just for shits and giggles. Yep. On the other side, you know, nobody's perfect. You know, they're, they're trying to make decisions based on what they saw, where they are. They don't have the, you know, guys, as I said, going 20 miles an hour. Add on top of the fact that there's 12 people on the ice plus three other refs. You know, it's mm-hmm. it, it can get crowded. And then you add into in an NHL game, you have the loud music, the fans that are doing stupid shit behind the glass where – it's got to get your attention. It does, yeah. You're a little bit of ADD kicks in when, when you have idiots smacking the glass yeah. during a musical timeout. So, I mean, you kind of, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't if you're a ref. Right. I think we can both agree on the fact of there, because of speed of play and the way that this game has progressed, there needs to be a review of certain calls in a certain amount of time and not, just because you want to give your team a 10-second break because you lost your time out before or whatever. Now, my next point is, should all refs be able to make calls? The example that you gave 
about the guys, you know, the player had his back to the referee who made the call while there was some guy who was closer to the right. play physically looking at it. I mean, not to say you're getting into semantics, but you're kind of getting into semantics. But if there's a referee, I don't care if you're a linesman or a referee, you're a referee, you got a zebra suit on. If you're closest to that play, you're the one who makes that call. Right. What I used to love seeing is when there is a play that is a penalty on the ice mm -hmm. and you see both refs with the orange, both their arms go up. That means you know both of those guys saw that play. Mm -hmm. Okay? It would be like bingo if you saw all four fucking refs, <laughs> the two refs and the linesman, if you saw all of their arms go up to make a call. Mm -hmm. I, I don't see how it could hurt. It, it shouldn't because from, from somebody's <coughs> vantage, look, look, even in baseball, right? You have, um, what do you call it? You have referees or you have umpires that are out of position. You have a guy from home plate trying to make a, f a call of a ball going over the wall or hitting somebody right, out that's... there. When you have some guy that's absolutely closer running out to the uh, outfield wall to view it, that should be his call, not the umpire's call. Or if it is the umpire's call, it's one of those, you know what? I didn't really see it. You come here, talk about it. Did you see it? Yeah, I because mean, the I'll NHL does do that. Right. But sh should there be calls that linesmen can make? I don't know if that's the right thing, but it can't hurt. Again, you have to find you have to find that not that fine line, but you have to find a re, a good reason for that to happen. Much like what type of calls you can um, right. do a review on. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind something like that because, like you said, if a if a player like the the game that you players back is to a referee who made the call, how could you see it? When there's somebody closer, they should have made that call. Uh, second part of this is, should Gary Bettman be responsible for, for mistakes that ref make, refs make in a game? Um, the fact that the league, let's just talk about the Charlie McAvoy thing. So the referees made a mistake. They gave the guy a two-minute penalty when a consensus is it should have been longer or, or a larger penalty or whatever. Um, and I wrote this before all of this happened. Right. This wasn't just, the, I wrote this after the Vegas. Foreshadowing. <clears throat> um, so they did. You call him in, and you you give him that game. Um, I mean, other than the apologizing, which is bullshit anyway. Should um, should the league give something to Vegas? What do you give? Because it's gonna got to be money. Okay, so. That particular hit costs like gives you hundred thousand dollars. Okay, let's just say there's something oh, that, more than way right. more than you got to think about. If Vegas wins that game and goes on to the next round, how much player for revenue are they getting? Right. So it's so let's just say that play happens. It's X amount, right? Something happens next season that's a little bit less, a little bit more. But we're talking about the playoffs. Playoffs. Not, not. I was going with the Allen Iverson. We're talking about practice. <laughs> May, I mean, I wouldn't say give them something like a, like a four million dollar fucking cap exemption. But there, there should be something, because like, like a compensatory pick or something like that. Or yeah, what do you want? The fucking last pick in the eighth round, <laughs> an extra pick. I, yeah, it's what? it's tough. Like. I'm sure that, you know, the apology was heartfelt and, and sincere that you have that. But they, the problem is it doesn't help them. 
no, it doesn't help them move, you know, the, the millions of dollars that they lost. It's it's like the GM of Vegas said when 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 the NHL or whatever said, listen, we screwed up. And his response was, I don't give a shit. We're coming back next year. We'll be in the same oh, spot. Yeah, don't he's, worry. He's, so it's what what is the what is the prize of the I'm sorry going to do in a situation like that? Exactly. It should be something. It, it, it should be something concrete. Do you, you know, do, you, do you want Gary Bettman to show up at your house in a, in a maid outfit and clean your whole house for a month? I know what you do. Oh, boy. I solved the problem real oh, easy. Oh, shit. Here we go. What? Vegas gets the All-Star game, the next All-Star game. At that point, why don't you just put Vegas, the All-Star game in Vegas every year? Well, <laughs> but I put the award show in, the, in Vegas every year and make you money there, but it's not making the team money. Shake. <laughs> I don't want my microphone and headphones to be picked up. <clears throat> but, yeah, give them the All-Star game. There's your money that you lost. There you go. So if the fucking All-Star game is in Vegas, not next year, but the year after, copyright infringement. <laughs> <laughs> That's not right. Look, they're gonna have like the they're gonna have like the NHL All-Star game in Vegas and the NFL something in Vegas when the Raiders move there too. So it's just... Yeah. Hey, it's my team. Yep. The Oakland, Los Angeles, California, Vegas Raiders. Yeah, of course. That's a, that's a long name, man. I don't know if that's going to fit on a screen. Have to buy, we're going to have to buy a 70-inch screen TV to, to watch those games. So we're done with hockey? We're done with hockey for now. Let's move on to the rest. <laughs> so the next installment, if you haven't watched, uh, Viceland's... Um, Dark Side of the Ring. Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, Death of Bruiser Brody. For those who have do not know about Bruiser Brody, and I was one of them. Um, I knew of the name, right? Um, and just the whole story ends up being that he has some kind of conflict, um, which kind of matches another a show that they just put on this week. Um, has a conflict with ownership of a promotion in Puerto Rico, which for some reason Gorilla Monsoon was a part of, which. I don't know, a little shady, but so he has he has a problem because he essentially he hasn't been paid like twenty five grand, and he told everybody, "Look, I'm going down there and I'm getting, I'm getting my, my money. money regardless." Okay, I mean, and essentially what happens? Um, Tony Alice is part of it. Um, who else was? Uh, uh, Dutch Martel. Dutch Martel was commenting about it. They were both there when it happened. Um, Dutch Martel wasn't like physically there, lucky, yeah, but but Tony Atlas was was probably physically saw it. So essentially, what happens is Bruiser Brody wants to go talk to um, the guy he's having an issue with. They go into the men's room, and Tony Atlas hears like a like a like a moan, like a thud, like if somebody punches you in the gut, and you hear you hear that noise. You hear that twice, and what essentially what happened is the dude got shanked multiple times. Um, ended up having to push like you know intestines back and all that kind of stuff they got him to the hospital it took him so long and this and that but it it screams like from a territory standpoint in in the united states you have you know you have your territories and all this kind of stuff and you, you move around and you do all this and that it's felt safe you have a territory in puerto rico at the time which was 70s 80s whatever it was it's a little scary yeah. to say, I mean, it's good money. And this particular promotion was all about like, it was like ECW, like 
hardcore ECW. It was like New Jack. <laughs> the whole match, every match. Abdul the Butcher was part of it. And, you know, if you've ever seen a picture of Abdul the Butcher, his whole forehead is like... Yeah, it looks like somebody up. took a fucking cheese grater. Um, and I have a thing about... Cheese graters? No, about him. That if you, while you're watching that, he has some type of play in this too. Like it looked like he was holding back. Like I feel I, like, I feel I like a lot stuff. of the people that were on the the Puerto Promo- Rican the, side, the promoter side, yes, uh, were paid yeah. to to because I mean they t- tell it that when Tony Atlas comes back from the hospital and walks into the locker room and the police are there and he they're questioning like oh did you see the fan that did this yes and he's like what the fuck fan what are you talking about fan the guy's right there he's you know like yep you know oh everyone here in this locker room told us it was a fan like you gotta gonna go like and when i'm tony atlas i'm like i'm gonna i'm bigger than every person in this room i'm gonna fucking choke all of you out and when it gets to the trial portion of this there were subpoenas that went out to tony atlas and dutch martel and all these people magically they, they the tri- the yeah. trial was over, and they got their uh, their things a day or two or a week later, <laughs> mysteriously. Now, one thing is, Carlos Colon was a part of this promotion, and he totally did not want to talk about it. He's like, oh, no, it makes me so sad. I don't, want, I don't want to talk about it. Hall of Famer, right? Yeah, which makes me think, Carlos Colon, who are his kids? Carlito and the other guy? Epico. Yeah. Um, hmm. What kind of like your dad knows that this dude got shanked and carries it with him must have told you the story of whatever flavor it was. And now you're carrying this with you saying my dad was a part of an organization that quite possibly could have shanked a wrestler over 25 grand. How do you live with that shit? And the promoter was wrestling Bruiser Brody. Yeah. So like. You have to think. I mean, if you haven't seen Bruiser Brody, go Google him and look that this guy is six foot three, six foot four, close to 300 pounds. If you owed me money and I was that big and I was going to wrestle you and you were like dragging your feet paying me, that match is going to get a whole lot realer. A little bit more stiff than what you may yeah. have anticipated. But it's a good show. I mean, if you if you haven't watched it, the... Uh, the Montreal Screwjob one was really good. The Von Erich one is very sad. Um, about the Bruiser Brody thing, his kid, Bruiser Brody's son, dude, dude needs to talk to a psychologist. Oh, yeah. He's... I, he, look, it, the kid was young or whatever, but you could, like, you could tell that, while, first of all, I don't think they should have interviewed him because the way he came off on camera, the way they edited this, that's like serial killer kind of stuff. Like, <laughs> If he ever ends up in in Puerto Rico, shit yeah. goes down. And t- I'm pointing I'm pointing my finger at him because he had that whole demeanor. If, and if there's if there's a, a a wrestling event and there's a shooting and he's the guy, <laughs> you're gonna be like, oh, you're, it's not gonna be like, oh man, he was so nice. You're gonna be like, no, yeah, no, yeah. I saw that, I yeah. saw that coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Then cold, lifeless eyes, yeah. dark eyes. Quickly, like they, a doll's eyes. Quickly, they pulled that episode off the archives. <laughs> much, much like everything on. Um, much like the ben, anything that involves Benoit. Chris Benoit in the WWE <laughs> Network. His name doesn't even exist anymore. <laughs> 
it's even spelt differently. <laughs> Just, yeah. So your search criteria doesn't work anymore. I put in a note here. Jerry Lindo being a coach for AEW. AEW is is has the taste, the smell, the feel, the look of when Hall and Nash jump ship from WWF to WCW. The outsiders. They are just scooping up talent. And I don't care if it... Look, if they put Sabu and fucking Rob Van Dam on this card like Impact did a little bit ago, I'd fucking watch it. Not from the well, nostalgic standpoint, but I'd watch it because what they're doing is they're they're bringing in the talent that can still wrestle, put on a show. Yeah, I don't think Jerry Lynn's going to be wrestling, though. No. No, I think I've seen a picture of him recently, and he doesn't look too uh, wrestle, wrestlerable. But, I mean, if he's going to be a guy that fucking maps out the, the, the Spots, matches. Yeah. What, and what, let's just say if Arn Anderson is, is still on the outs with, with Vince and he goes to AEW. And Arn, I mean, wasn't Arn close with fucking Dusty? With Dusty, yeah, from his WCW days. So, yeah, I mean, it's it, not out, out of the realm of possibility. And speaking of AEW, they're apparently close to getting a TV deal with... Who? T-N-T. My God, King. Is that Monday Night Nitro? Nacho? Nitro? <laughs> Well, you got to think about down south, you know. I know. You got to have that twang. Billionaire Ted. <laughs> now it's billionaire Khalid. Khalid. Well, or, see, what I hope is that. He's just a like, money guy and he just turns yeah, his back. Like part of me wants them to go Monday nights. Not yet. Not like, yet. No, you don't want to switch it. Maybe, you, maybe, maybe the first night, right? Like, like, like their first show just to, to wet your palate. Pull some of the rating and then just like shift it to like a Saturday night because then nah. I, it'll be perfect for me. Yeah, but not everybody's out, forty. Yeah, but, <laughs> but some but, people go out on Saturday. Nights. Put it on Saturday at seven oh five. Okay. <laughs> uh, Jeopardy's on. You can watch five minutes of Jeopardy before before Alex Trebek kicks the bucket. I would put I would I would put it on Monday, not just to go against Vince. Like part of me wants that because I think the competition will make. Both shows better. Mm -hmm. But on the other side, I don't want them to go on Monday night because they'll get crushed. Mm -hmm. it, it's still, you're still taking on a conglomerate. No matter it's, how sucky the matches are, there are people who still go to the arena, still watch it on TV. If the ratings are tanking, there's still enough to for the USA Network to go, well. And I also don't want them to be on at 8 o'clock. They should be a two-hour show, 9 to 11, just like Raw used to do, where they can be a little bit edgier mm -hmm. than Raw can be now because they're not a publicly traded company. It's one guy owns everything. So, they, I mean, oh, we're going to find yeah. standards and practices are going to fine you. Okay. <laughs> right. Just, you know what, we'll get an extra couple extra hot dog sales at the, at the Jaguars game over in, in yeah. London, and we'll just pay off the fine. That's fine. And speaking of AEW again, uh, apparently the WWE is stopping wrestlers like Kurt Angle and The Undertaker from um, uh, going to conventions that have a smell, feel, taste, look to it like it's an AEW-related event um, because it's not in the wrestler's best interest. They did that with WCW, too. Look, it, it and like if you watch... Um, 
the uh, Montreal Screwjob stuff with Jim Cornette, you always hear of like kayfabe, right? Which, which, if you don't know what that is in this day and age, it's um break character. Yeah, you know wrestling. You know when guys' contracts are up. It's just, and it's one of the things I kind of hate about the internet and society in general at this point is that everything gets ruined because of social media. That's for sure. If if WWE right had just had Hall and Ash's contract up, within a couple days you would have heard they've signed contracts with WCW. You tune in Monday night and you'd see them and you'd go, <laughs> "I want to be surprised." It's when... not going to happen because you know better. Like you know that Lilo Rush is going to go to AEW. You know that Luke Harper. At some point. <laughs> is going to go, right. But Vince learned his lesson. He learned his lesson with, what's her name, Alondra Blaze, Medusa. Uh-huh. He learned his lesson with Hall and Nash, where they wrestle Sunday they're on, on Raw. competition and, Monday. And they're on Nitro on Monday. And that's why he has the no compete. Yeah, for like 60, 90 days, what have you. Right. So, I mean, and it went both ways because we knew Jericho was leaving WCW. We didn't know when he was going to show up. Right. But when he did show up, we were taken by marked, surprise. Marked out like you wouldn't believe. I think it's a one and a one A between Sting showing up when I knew he was versus when Jericho showed up. Not knowing. Yeah. Or, it, it's or like when a, Taz debuted at the Rumble. It, it's like a one one A kind of thing with, with that kind of stuff. That's the kind of like umph I want to have again with wrestling in general. But now you know when these guys are, you know, whatever. And look, you're going to go to these, these conventions and these signings and stuff. You're going to look at somebody in the face and you're going to take the fanboy off of yourself and, and you're going to look at him and going, are you going to go? And they're going to go, sure, kid. I'll be, yeah. th- I'll be there Tuesday. He's going to play it up and then that's when the rumors are going to start and all that kind of shit. So it's still. But it's not just this. Like my, my brother's roommate in college is an American Ninja Warrior. Like he does the show. Like he's on the show. Okay. He. Like staff-wise no, or like competitor? Competitor. Okay. And he had just finished taping one in Cleveland. So we asked him, like, oh, when's it going to be on TV and whatever? He goes, I don't know when it's going to be on TV exactly. He goes, I was like, well, <laughs> did you win? And he's like. Can't say. I, I, he goes, I can't say. He goes, I am going to Vegas, but am I going as a support person or did I? Like, he played it up just like you were saying with the wrestler. like. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, I guess you're going to have to watch, you know. But see, the thing I feel is WWE can't be surprising anymore. Publicly traded. It can't be surprising because there's there's nobody out there. <laughs> like, the way they're running their system is you, you have I everybody. sign you as a wrestler, you go to NXT, and then you get called up. It's not like you jump from WCW to WWE anymore it's you, you do this it's like every other sport where you start in the minors and you work your way up so in order for that to happen they would need to have somebody and who's huge like you would legitimately have to have jericho just show up out of nowhere because right now he's the only guy maybe dusty road i mean uh cody Rhodes, where if they showed up on raw or smackdown you would have that instant yep but they don't have that anymore 
because there's no competition. Like even Bobby Roode was huge in TNA. Ethan Carter, huge in TNA. But they yeah. show up, WWE, a lot of WWE fans have no idea that those people existed. Other than what, AJ Styles, when he showed up. it was, and, and it took a while for him to get back to that, that right. level. Right, when he showed again. up, though, it was a surprising, like, oh, yeah. But, yeah. But, like, a lot of those people, when he showed up, were like, who the fuck is this guy? Um, in the Bret Hart thing, not to ruin it, but they even said that like he went from the WWE 14 years, holy shit, the Hart Foundation. He went to WCW, and WCW was like, okay. We're going to have you guest referee. <laughs> yeah, that was... But still, it's, you look at it and you go, and that was it? Like, he came, and that was it? <laughs> but see, like, at least Bischoff admitted. He's like, yeah, we probably fucked that up a little bit. <laughs> and that's the honesty of, the, of, of all those shows. I like the honesty part of it. And I like the backstage shit. Like, I, I, I appreciate it. We we could talk about like next week. I think we talk about like stories we wish we had. But I like the honesty that this stuff brings. The, the backstage shit from the past. I, yeah. I can appreciate that because now you know nothing's gonna come because everything's out already. But back then, that kind of stuff, the history of it, that that's what I like. So you also put on here uh, as a segment uh, wrestlers who would make great superheroes. I guess we're trying oh, to skip in Lars. Oh we oh yeah. I like to, eh. sk- I like to skip racists. <laughs> Yeah, I guess he made comments on, what is it, a Reddit board? Yeah, and somebody decided to call out Big E and said, hey, look, another racist dude. <laughs> Who's getting a big push in the company right now. Basically asking him what, you know, what do you feel about this? So on one end, obviously anything you put out on the internet is going to haunt you later in life. That's for sure. That, that. So we have another case of some... Like and depending on how you feel, it, it, in general, I don't, I don't think that really matters for the story. But the past is now being brought up. I think the person who tweeted Big E was baiting him to get a response, and he responded saying, "Well, you he know, he responded what? professionally." But kayfabe wise, right? Should Big E have said anything? Like, how is that going to translate back to Vince and the backstage guys and all this kind of the kind of stuff saying, okay, just like uh, Lilo Hogan, Rush. Or Hogan. When Hogan made his comments and he apologized and faced everybody. And you, there, there were people that were like, thank you, but thank fuck you. you. Right. And I think Lars Sullivan, who's getting a major push. I don't know why Snitsky Jr. is getting such a fucking <laughs> push. Yeah, minus the zits. Yeah, he's getting a push, a mild push. Well, I think you're going to start to see some of these. I'm going to use the word minorities because he wasn't just it wasn't just black white. It was everything sexist and homophobic. That these minority wrestlers are probably going to give him. They're going to work stiff. A li- right, or a little bit of an attitude. I mean, mm-hmm. I think if it was an old school day, like if this was old school and you had like JBL and you had The Undertaker and Bob Holly, oh, they're going to teach this guy a lesson. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's like that anymore. Like there's nobody there. I mean, The Undertaker is technically there, but I don't think there's anybody that's, you know, the leader. Yeah, Cena's Hollywood, so he's not there. He's anymore. not there anymore. Rock's not there anymore. Austin's doing podcasts. There's mm-hmm. nobody. You you think Randy Orton with no, his because past he was and, you're right. He was just as guilty as being an asshole. Um, so who is like the senior fucking? Jr. is gone. I mean, like, we got some road agents, I guess, but like, 
Yeah. And Even I, a lot of those guys are new. And still, they're road agents. It's one of those Vince wants you to do this, and this is what's going to happen. Just like Hebner. Hebner wanted a job, so he did what he needed to do. Yeah, there's the policing now is, I don't know. It's not good. There, yeah, there, there need, there, I can't even think of, and I'm not going to go looking, but like, who would be the, the senior? The only people that you need to put on that list are champions at this point. Like, if you look at um, Seth Rollins. I guess Roman Reigns could be a leader. You could, yeah, a little bit. Just Owens. Mm. AJ, I think his experience is. Yeah. Maybe the Samoa Joes just because of. Experience. Mm. So you, you you have enough, but like the wrestlers that are screwing up, like a Lars, they're like what, like maybe a handful of years younger. So it's one of those like you're like you're like my cousin, right? You know, you're not like my dad, like the Undertaker that would yell at me and goes, "I'm sorry." And you can't have like Triple H do it because Triple H is management. Uh, Triple H, uh, Shawn Michaels, Bray Wyatt, yeah, grew up in the business kind of thing. Yeah, they just don't have that that old school leadership. That they did, but moving on. Good luck, Lars, in that locker room. Oh. And, and, Big, and Big E even said, look, he's going to have to face some shit in the locker room, and that's on him. Yep. I, I just see, you know, Big E looking at him. He goes, you know, man, I'm sorry. And he just fucking, like, left hooks him <laughs> and keeps walking. I would have said Lesnar. No, because Lesnar is one of those, like, just give me my paycheck. and yeah. that, that doesn't. Speaking of paycheck, did you read that uh, Goldberg is – Coming back to wrestle in that in the Middle East tour. Hey, if there's a paycheck, gold check. I mean Goldberg is going to be there. I ding, but it's too far. Somebody away. somebody made a comment that it was like, oh, I heard Goldberg, uh, Bobby Lashley. So I guess it'll be Goldberg and Bobby Lashley. Probably for what Bobby Lashley for the least charismatic person on <laughs> match. Trevor Trump. So, feeding off the um, euphoria of a Avengers movie, you decided to say, "Hey, what kind of superheroes would your w- would your wrestling superstars be um, today?" And for the record, I haven't seen any of those movies. I've Neither seen, have I. I've seen the first three Iron Men. I think I watched the first Avengers, and that was about it. But from a superhero standpoint, I don't think you necessarily need to see movies to to figure out what the, the superheroes are. So we made up a list here. Um, Superman itself, himself. You put John Cena, the movie star. I think he'd be able to. I don't think he'd have to have the Christopher Reeves fake muscles. No, no, no. He's got the hair already. So he's got the Superman hair. Yeah, the comb, like mine, comb at the side. Um, I went cheesy because one of his moves is a Superman punch. I went Roman Reigns. He'd have to get a haircut, and shave. Oh, they can put one of those stupid little shower caps on him and oh, yeah, put that, makeup in That'll it. look realistic. <laughs> Spider-Man. Spider-Man. I went with Kofi Kingston because of the agility. Yeah, he'd probably do his own stunts. Yeah, and hopefully not get killed. <laughs> I went with two people. I went with modern with Balor just because Yeah. I think he's got that physique. Mm-hmm. I mean, where it's a skinny kind of like yeah. older Spider-Man. Skinny muscular, yeah. But much like you with the... The athleticism. I went with RVD for an older, okay, like Spider Man that smoked too much weed. <laughs> Weeder Man. <Yeah. laughs> Batman. We went the same. 
Yeah, Triple H, I think, has already got the voice. Yeah, he can talk normal as a Bruce Wayne, and he can do the, the deep Batman. That's so That works. He's got the muscle. We went a little bit in a different direction for Wonder Woman. Yeah, I think Charlotte Flair would big old fake boobies. Mm. Not to, but to be honest with you, I think nobody beats Gal Gadot right now. No, she she she's she's Wonder Woman. Yes, putting um, what's her name? Because I see I even fucking forget her name. Linda. Uh, yeah, Linda Carter. Um, off the she's probably looking at it going, yeah, well. I ain't, I ain't Wonder Woman anymore. Yeah, she's no. too busy doing Super Trooper movies. Um, I put Tessa Blanchard. Just apparently there's an infatuation recently with, with yeah, Tessa. Um, there was a recent pick of all the, the like, ten women in, in Impact that that were on. You know, they, they took all, like, a picture together and all that kind of stuff. And, this is, and somebody mentioned that this is the real women's division. And I go, you know what? Pretty much you, you got ten women only. That they all put on a good match, yeah. and then you look at the WWE, and you have two brands with all the women, and you could probably do maybe five to seven. Yeah, you you can't really do ten. But Iron Man. So we went different here. You went for the athletic kind of, mm. and I went for the asshole personality. <laughs> well, Seth Rollins can do in a little asshole personality too. Yeah, but not like Randy Orton. No, not like Randy. And then the Joker, I also went, we went all different here. I went with like the biggest, I didn't just go Marvel or. Okay. But uh, I went with, for the Joker, I went with Seth Rollins. And you went. I went Bray Wyatt. Not the current Bray Wyatt. Ugh. No. But I also put in there, um, Alexa Bliss would be the perfect Harley Quinn. Vin- that. Vince Russo is a firm believer that Alexis Bliss should leave the WWE. And that do she's, what? she's not being used properly. And what? That her moment of bliss will become, will make her look stupid instead of fierce. That she'll become a joke because of it. And that she should branch out into doing other things. Is there a reason why she's not wrestling? Like, is there an injury why she's not she wrestling? She wrestled this week. But like, it's it's more, there. she's doing more like the Miz kind of stuff where she's doing, she's not wrestling all the time. Like it's. Is there a reason, or is it just they're just giving her creative at this point? Because I, I, I totally di- disagree with with Vince Russo. Oh, I, the, I think she's great. I mean, she's like the perfect look. She would be. He said back in the brawn panties diva. Sure, she would be. She would have been a superstar. Yeah, but but they're not using her. She's not wrestling in main events. She's being used as an in, interviewer slash. Yeah, backstage reporter kind of thing. Yeah, but she was injured, so you got to work her way back in. I agree. I agree. You totally have to find a spot where she guts in. Alexa Bliss is at a point where she has to go after a Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair. But they're probably building to that. Sure. That you don't want to jump at the biggest feuds that you can have. It it sounds Mm -hmm. like Russo wants to do a, here's your three-month superstar blow-up. And then we're just going to drop you to like Maybe he nothing. just wants her to do Playboy. Uh, maybe. And I'm sure a lot of people would like to see that. Me included, but I, I think she's still... She has enough wrestling in her where she doesn't need Playboy to do... Um, well, I don't think Playboy's doing nudity anymore. Uh, speaking of which, and listening to Bischoff's uh, 
podcast. Podcast. He talked Stacy Keebler out of doing Playboy. Those legs. Wow. He was like, he goes, I'm not saying I wouldn't have looked at it if she did it. He goes, all I, she asked me when she was in the WWE and he had come to WWE uh-huh. and she said, Playboy has given me a substantial offer. Do you think I should do it? And he said, what do you think your parents would say? And she said, my mom would be okay with it. And he was like, her dad was like a blue collar, worked in a factory where he would. And she said, well, my dad would hear it from all of his friends and everything. And, you know, that would be tough. And he goes, well, then I think you have your answer. That conversation, that exact conversation probably happens with 90% of the people who do that. Yeah, I mean. (laughs) I mean, it's. If if you're a daughter of a blue collar daddy, okay, you're not getting past. You are getting disowned essentially, or you you are being relegated to I don't know who you are for a long time. Yeah, but let's just be honest. Most of the people who are posing with Playboy have daddy issues anyway. So, right, but they're looking to get into that field because that's that's all they feel they can do. You you have somebody like like her that's established in wrestling can do promotional stuff, acting, what have you when porn essentially isn't your go-to option. She she did all right with George Clooney (laughs) for years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she did. Okay. Just okay. She's going to make it. Mm, I think she's going to make it next segment. You have, she'll be a hall of famer. You know, it's hard to, um, to look at, Women's wrestling in that era, in that Trish Stratasy kind of era, or or the um, Tori Wilson kind of stuff, because they didn't wrestle. It was just brawn panties, and they chose to wrestle. Right. It, it's it's tough. I mean, from a guy perspective, sure, it was hot and whatever. But hall hall of fame for a women's wrestling during that time period. That's more of a Playboy Hall of Fame kind of thing. It's not a wrestling thing. You want to do wrestling stuff? It's like uh, moolah. It's it's. Wendy Richter, it's it's all those folks like that. But anyway, uh, top three uh, SummerSlam matches that you want to uh, to talk about. Yeah, I figured we'd talk about this just because it's Coming the up. next major. Well, I think Money in the Bank is this weekend. Yeah, I think so. Um, which used to be one of my favorites, but now I could really give two flying fucks about it. You know, from from a pay per view standpoint, I really just wanted to go back to like either like a top four, top five, and that's it. I I don't want these mid these mid pay per views. Yeah, stupid. but they need them. They need them. Do do like a Saturday night's main event. Yeah, like it used to be. Just give give a little bit back. Don't don't just. It's a money whore. That's all it is. But, but I think you're gonna see. I only picked three matches because mm-hmm. I thought that they would. You're gonna see Becky Natalia probably. Most skilled wrestlers, not named Charlotte Flair. And and I want that match not to be a squash. I don't want it to be one-sided. I want it to be, if it goes 10, 15 minutes, I want it to be a good seven minutes versus seven minutes or what. Yeah, Natalia's a good wrestler. I mean, she's fundamentally well, look, strong. Look at her bloodline. Right. She has, a, she has a good foundation, and so does Becky. Um, Becky could sell the shit out of mm-hmm. moves. So, I mean, it would kind of be a perfect match. And you wonder why Natalia hasn't hit that stratosphere of, of, of a Charlotte and a Becky. She's not good on the mic. She's not believable. 
she it's it's like she rushes through her promos and it's like i have to talk to you and like she's just like so fucking dramatic that it's so it's over dramatic for wrestling which means you have to be ridiculously dramatic and and i think we're kind of spoiled with the with the charlottes and the beckys mic skills where it's like oh fuck you <laughs> yeah. and you're like holy shit and then you have natalia where it's like all butter- butterflies rainbows and cat pictures yeah i really but, i really do think her social media ruins her character well be- i mean and <laughs> you can't you can't keep going becky and charlotte cuz that's like watching lita and trish wrestle over and over and over like they're good matches but it's wearing thin. It's like eating the same lunch every day. Then I have Rollins. Tomato, tomato. Yeah, I have Rollins in the Miz. I think the Miz has to be the heel. Mm-hmm. Because he's his tra- the trash talking would be great between them. They're both relatively the same kind of wrestler. You know, like style wise, there'd be there'd be it'd be a lot of reverses, a lot of high flying. What's after SummerSlam? Is it? Um. Is it um, the Survivor Series? Yes. I mean, that's the next major. Yeah, but- SummerSlam, Survivor Series, Rumble, Mania. And repeat. SummerSlam. You can do a Rollins-Miz through two major pay-per-views, and it won't affect... No, you do one's a gimmick match. You, 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 you have enough there where you can either... And even if it turns... You know, if you absolutely need to feel it that way, you can turn Rollins heel. You can turn Miz face at at the arc or whatever at the end of that thing, and it wouldn't you start, affect it. You start him off at the first pay per view they wrestle together, mm-hmm. where I respect you, you respect me, and it crumbles to and it re- it yeah. crumbles to a dirty, mm-hmm. you know, hardcore match to a major pay per view, and then the other one I had, I just at a sheer, I want to see more of her. Alana, <laughs> yeah, Elias and Rusev. He, now, I talent wise, I'd watch that all day long because he, Rusev came up through NXT and just like blew the doors off of it. Came to the WWE and then he, like, the, he, the, like the flame went out. Right, yeah, he, and it was all because of Lana. And then he got hurt. He broke his foot because he wrestled without fucking shoes create like a an old school love triangle hogan elizabeth macho, macho man, man thing. kind of thing you can do that with it yeah where he sings a song to her or you know you could start it off so innocently where he's just sitting backstage on a thing playing his guitar and lana walks, walks by, by and rusev goes with the f- yeah and he all he has to do fucking vince sign me just have him <laughs> sit sit on one of those boxes and she walks by, and he starts strumming like "Pretty Woman <laughs> yeah. Walking by Me," and she like turns her head, and he does that little like smile, like wink, and that's it. That's it. That's all it takes. And then you have a backstage reporter go up to Russo and be like, "Can you? Do you want to comment Rusev. on a uh, Rusev? What did I say? Russo. Russo. Whatever. Rusev. You go over and you be like, "Do you want to comment on?" Uh, Elias singing Lana a song. What wink? And then he goes like jealous guy. And you just have Elias play it off. Like I was just singing a song and she walked by and. Right now I'm Googling if WWE has any jobs. There's a writer in Stanford, Connecticut, dude, over a month ago. There's a writer's assistant from about a month ago. Dude, (laughs) 
<laughs> High Stakes and Super Kicks podcast is looking for a co-host to. Yeah. <laughs> but you have to. The thing is, is you have to have like television writing experience. I've looked f- it up before. F- you know what? Screw it. You have four, you have thirty years of watching this experience. I have thirty-five <laughs> shows of writing this. <laughs> That's my experience. I do a podcast from Jersey. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> oh, and here we are, 35 shows in. Still no jobs in the NHL or the WWE. Nope. Do you know that Toronto is still paying Phil Kessel and will pay Phil Kessel $1.2 million till 2122? They took part of his contract to trade him? Oof, yep. good lord. They're also paying Nathan Horton $5.3 million. So no wonder they're in a cap strap. Well, I mean, Nathan Horton comes off the books. But still, I hate that. I really do hate that. I mean, if it, if you can prove that, like, you know, like a Kobe did what he did, sure, the team gets penalized. But just if you're going to trade somebody, the whole thing... Just shove it over, and that's it. There's no, there's nothing else to, you know. I that's my you. opinion. But what do I know? I just do podcasts for fun. Yep. God With- knows we're not doing this for the money. <laughs> <laughs> we do it for all of you because we love you, and the only way you can show us love back is by subscribing, liking, sharing with your friends, your family, your enemies. Tell them that you love this and that they would hate it. And maybe they'll listen to it. <laughs> you know, I say grab, like, unlike, like again, unlike. Just keep going back and forth. Leave a five-star review. All of those things would show us that you love us as much as we love you. Oh, dot com. Ice Sticks and Super Kicks Podcast. Your perfect blend. Hockey and professional wrestling with your pals, Rob and Dave. Yeah, leave us some comments on our pictures that we post and... You know, maybe we'll do a fun contest or something online where when the Stanley Cup finals come in. Maybe. Think about it. Write it down. We'll have yeah. during our uh, our meetings with our staff. Yeah. Our producers, <laughs> our assistants. I'm sorry. Assistants? Yes. <laughs> assistants, as in my wife. How do you spell? <laughs> How do you spell douchebaggery? Yeah. You ascertain. Can ascertain. You can ascertain this podcast. Oh, look at that segue. Mm-hmm. Player FM, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Podbean, and everywhere else the internet provides you with podcasting apps. HSSK Pod, both on Twitter and Facebook. Look us up, like us, comment. Share, share, Woo! share. Absolutely. Review us, iTunes, please do. Five stars. Keep it coming. Next week, episode 36. We have on 36? Oh, yeah. Docu series. series. That'll be a fun one. All right, folks. We are out for this week. Thank you for downloading and listening. David, it's your turn. Toodles.